Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner. And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson. Brian, how's it going? I'm doing wonderful. How about you? Hot, man. It's a hot day in Florida. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I think the temperature was about 101 when I rode by the bank today. Uh, July Friday, was it Friday the 13th? Friday, July 13th? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, we have a nice show tonight. We we don't really have a lot of, we don't have any guests coming on, but we're going to do this show anyway. Yes, sir, yes, sir. Yeah, we're going to have a big show on Monday. Um, tell all our listeners what we're going to have Monday. Yeah, to, on Monday we're going to have uh, Learning to Work It and Remain Virtuous, the conference. <laughs> and we'll have... Uh, a lot of guest hosts. Yeah, best selling author Olivia Stith. She's having a conference in Virginia. If you're listening, you need to go uh, to this conference. It's going to be very important to get all the information. Just make sure you listen to the show on Monday night, 9 p.m. It's yes, going to be sir. awesome. Yes, sir. How many speakers? We probably have about six or seven speakers. I think there are join. seven speakers, and there's also uh, some entertainment that's going to be there as well. So yeah. Yeah, I think uh, well most of most of the speakers are best-selling authors too. Yes, sir. Yeah, Beverly Beverly Gooden. Uh, we also have Beverly Gooden, Donna Dyson. It's it's a lot of them. I can't name all of them. Uh, There's so many of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be awesome. So what do we have tonight, Brian? Tonight the show is gonna be about is God in the message. <laughs> and um, callers, if you if you want to call in and comment or ask a question, you can call the call-in number. It is 718-508-9600. That's 718-508-9600. And um, when we, you know, Greg and I were talking about this briefly the other day, and we were trying to come up with a name for for today's show, and when we said, is God in the message? He was like, that's it. You know, and it was it, it was really born out of you know we'll talk a little bit more about it. But when we talked, we were just you know going through different scenarios of you know is God in that message or is is Satan in that message? What what's the message all about? Mm. Mm. You know, sometimes sometimes we miss the message because we're so angry at what's going on. You know, we make an assumption that this is this is how it is. But we're so caught up in what's going on that we miss it. Yeah. There's a message in everything. Yeah. You know, there's a message in everything. What's what's something that's happened to you, Brian, that you didn't see the message at the time? Oh, wow. I mean. And then, and then after it was over with, you're like, you know what? I'm glad that happened. Oh, well, you know, you and I talked about this before. It was, uh, I was actually involved in a in a local ministry here that, I didn't really see the message until after I stepped, after I left that ministry. Wow. And, you know, um, it was a prosperity ministry, of course. And I really didn't understand about prosperity ministries. Mm -hmm. Not saying that 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 prosperity ministries are a bad thing, but for me, it wasn't what I needed for my spirit. Yeah. You know, and, you know, just to be real brief about it, it was a radical ministry where everything was centered around talking about and dealing with money. And, you know, it wasn't that I didn't need money. Of course, everybody needs money. You got to eat. You got to have somewhere to lay your head. It was just that the message didn't really, for me, have God in it. You know, it was it was a message that said, if you don't know God, that's why you're broke. Yeah. You don't bro- you know, you're broke because you don't have the Holy Spirit. Because if you had the Holy Spirit, you wouldn't be broke. And I was saying, so you mean to tell me, I have to have the Holy Spirit? You know, I mean, I have if 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 I'm broke, it means I I don't have the Holy Spirit. I got to be rich in order to get the Spirit. I got to, you know, quote unquote, buy the Holy Spirit from God. You know, I, I, the last time I checked, there was a free gift that was offered when you accept salvation. It, 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 the only thing it costs you is your obedience. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. so I didn't, I didn't know it had an actual tangible value to it, like as far as like a, a monetary value to it. Mm-hmm. It was just basically the price of obedience. 
you know, it cost Jesus everything. But you know, and so to, for me, God wasn't in that message that was being delivered because I wasn't hung up about money. Money wasn't my issue. My issue had to deal more with faith than finances. Mm. Okay. You know, we 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 hit. You know, you and I were just talking about this just last week. We were talking about the emails that we get. The prophet. Uh-huh. You pay for this. I have a word for you. I'm gonna pay for you know you you're gonna have to pay to get this word. <laughs> if 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 you pay three hundred plus dollars, I'll say your name in this message, and I'll make sure you get it. Come on. Yeah. If God has a message for me, and He gives it to you to give to me, but you charge me for it, what in the world is that? Okay. Think about it. let let. I mean, how much sense does that make? I mean, it, it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I could see if after you gave me the message, I decided to bless you with a financial blessing. That's different. But if you're going to literally say, okay, the cost of me giving you this message is X amount of dollars, and this message is from God, you know, I mean, it's a it's a complete difference if, let's say you're hosting a conference and you know, you're in giving you're giving materials because that's that's something that you had to produce. It's the right. cost of producing all that stuff. Right. You know that maybe you charge for it. That's different. Yeah. But if somebody says, "I got a homemade message for you," straight from give, God. Straight from God. Give me five dollars. It's it more than you. five. You know, or you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> okay, give me a hundred dollars and I'll send it to you. You know, is God really in that message, or is that message actually, you know, being tailored so that you feel good because guaranteed it's not going to be a bad message. It's right. always going to be a, a good message. And see, sometimes the messages that God sends you aren't necessarily, uh, they don't necessarily sound good. That's right. You know, because sometimes that message is, hey, you know, you, you know you're shacking up, you need to stop. Mm. You know, or yeah. hey, you know, um, you, you know you shouldn't be selling dope, so stop. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or you shouldn't be beating your wife or beating your husband or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes those messages uh, stop robbing Peter to pay Paul, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But you know what? When we see these people on television, and I'm not bashing or downing anyone, you know, we have, we ha- we're going to have to make our own decisions on what <clears throat> we think is right. You see these people on television, and, and they're telling you they have a message for you, and they're driving a Bentley. Or they're driving uh, a Rolls Royce, and they're telling you that they have a message and this. Okay, if you have a message for me and you're charging me for it, and I'm driving around in a broke-down Honda or a broke-down Toyota or something, why in the world are you going to charge me for something that God gave you to give to me? You know, I mean, what kind of sense does that make? <laughs> you know, have you have you ever really just thought about, you know what, are you making up these messages, or are you just sending out all these emails where everybody, you know, whoever the email is going to, it's going to have their name to it. So you're sending out a boilerplate message for everybody. I think not. God, no. His message for all of us are different. So, you know, we really need to look at that, and we really need to think, you know, if I sow $1,000 into this guy's ministry, and I need I need this money for whatever whatever whatever, but I'm but I'm gonna sow sow this money into him. Now next week I'm broke. What kind of sense does that make? You know what kind of sense does that make, Brian? What what do you think about that? You know it, and it's a real sketchy thing because at times when when you have that type of faith to do something like that, mm-hmm. you know. Sometimes God will even God will bless you because of the, the faith that you have in that quote unquote faithless person mm-hmm. who would even dare to say it costs money for you to get a word from God. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. And so, so even within that, God will say, you know what, you obedient to you to to whoever, and I know you couldn't afford to do this, but you believed. And so even in your skewed belief, God may decide, I'm going to bless that person for that. Yes. You know, but the thing about God that's so awesome is he has that discretion. 
he can decide that, you know, even though that message he gave didn't come from me, I'm going to put myself in it. Right. You know? Right. You know, Greg, we talked about um, a lot of different things, but um, and whether God was in that message. And one of the things we talked about was something that I know everybody's seen before. Mm-hmm. Cartoons. <laughs> yes. You know, and there's, uh, I mean, there are some biblical cartoons out there. I know they have, like, the veg- the Veggie Tales and um, Bible Man. He's not a cartoon, but I think they do have a cartoon about it. Yeah, him. yeah, yeah. You know, and so forth. You know, those are those are actual biblical, ba- biblically-based cartoons. Mm-hmm. And so you would naturally believe that those had God in them because that's what they that's the way they're tailored. That's mm-hmm. the way they're written. But what about just the run of the mill everyday cartoon? One that stands out to me is uh Charlie Brown. Oh. Charlie Brown. You know, Charlie Brown was a was a character that was always you saw him and just looked like he was always down in the dumps. But mm-hmm. Charlie Brown had a lot of faith. Everybody went to him with their problems, and and Lucy would always move the ball, and he would try to kick it or whatever, and she never did let him kick the ball. (laughs) But you know what? His faith was unwavering. He always thought, no matter what. He always had a good attitude about everything. He He always kept trying. He never did quit. But for some reason, they made it look like he was a suffering kid. You know, when you look at him, you never see... The happy kid, you didn't see that in him. You know, you just saw this kid that was always burdened down with everybody's problems. Mm-hmm. And it was just, you know, that's something, I guess I look I look at it different now that I'm grown. Right. But, you know, there's a lot of cartoons out there that's got a lot of sexual tone to them as well, too, now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, what did you think about? Uh, you know, it was one that uh, you and I actually discussed, and we were talking about the Smurfs. Oh yeah. Now, when I was young, I loved the Smurfs. Mm-hmm. I watched them every Saturday morning when they had a Smurfs video game that came out on ColecoVision. That's telling my age. Most people don't even know what ColecoVision <laughs> is. But um, I had the ColecoVision video game of the Smurfs. Right. And I every I had the Smurf dolls. Even though I was a boy, I had Smurf plush toys because I loved the Smurfs. Right. You know, anything that was an action figure that was a Smurf, I would get it. You know, and you and I were talking, and you start making a lot of sense. You notice how every Smurf was different. It was almost like how, like the seventh, instead of Snow White and the Seventh Dwarfs, and we'll get into that one as well. But uh, it was like you had all these different types of Smurfs. Yes. Do you notice that you didn't have, well, actually until like the later part, where Smurfs had become unpopular and they were trying to boost the, you know, that they had Smurf children on there, like mm-hmm. Junior Smurfs. Right. But before that, they had all these different Smurfs and all these different attitudes and one female Smurf. Just one. Just one. And, you know, on the surface, you figure, oh, that's just Smurfette, you know. And so they basically relegated the female Smurf to an attitude. And it was always all the other Smurfs wanted Smurfette. But Papa Smurf would never let them get close to her. Hmm. I wonder why. You know, and, and, and one of the things that make you think about is, how did they get the rest of the Smurfs? <laughs> if there was only one female Smurf. What was it? What was the old man's name that was always trying to run after them? What was it? Gar, was it Gargamel? Gargamel. Gar, I'm gonna tell you, Gargamel was not the bad guy. Gargamel saw something that we didn't see. Hmm. Gargamel saw an old man with this little smurf with his little skirt on. He he understood something. Something was going on that shouldn't have been going on. I believe. <laughs> And it's so sad that it's right in our face and we didn't understand it at the time, but we're kids. But you know what? As parents, we need to look at that and say, you know what? I'm going to figure this thing out. Why is this show on? What is the message? 
is God in this message anywhere? And, you know, Gargamel was always there with this, this what was it he had with him, a cat? Was yeah. it a cat or whatever? Mm-hmm. And, they, and he just seemed like Gargamel was the bad guy. You know, he was portrayed to be the bad guy. What was he? Was he? Was he really trying to protect the the smaller Smurfs from the old man, or or what was it about? What did you get from it? You know, uh, like I said, at face value, I was just in love with the Smurfs, and I watched it all the time. Well, I'm talking about now that you're grown, and now that I'm grown, it's like, wow, I'm I'm wondering what else was out there. That you know that I watch religiously all the time and enjoy it, mm-hmm. you know, and really, what effect did it have on my mind? Mm. You know, I, I think about Bugs Bunny. Mm-hmm. Now everybody loves Bugs Bunny. Everybody mm. does. Yeah. But if if you notice, what was always the underlying issue with Bugs Bunny? <laughs> Bugs Bunny was a freeloader. He was a thief. He was a prankster that always caused trouble for everybody. And it made Elmer was it Elmer Fudd? Was that was it that was, his no, name? He would he would aggravate Elmer Fudd. Elmer Fudd was just trying to get a meal. All he looked that's what he was doing. He was hunting. And he was looking for a meal. <laughs> and Bugs Bunny said, Okay, I'm gonna mess with him so he don't get nothing to eat. Now, unfortunately Bugs was the one he was hunting. <laughs> but he could have actually been hunting for anybody. Yeah. But because he started hunting for rabbits, Bugs said, oh, okay, I'm going to get him. You know, but the, the other parts where you think about, what was Bugs doing all the time? He was stealing carrots every chance he got. He'd yeah. steal them out of the, cabbage, out of the carrot patch, and, you know, the farmer would come and, hey, you stealing my carrots, you know? Well, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't uh, bow down to the law, that's for sure. Right, he right. Never, he never paid attention to the law at all. That that was something that he wasn't going to do. He, I guess, he figured, no matter what you do, I'm going to do what I'm going to do, and I'm not going to work. I'm going to take the easy way and take what I want. Mm-hmm. But but to go back to Charlie Brown, have you ever noticed that Lucy was uh, a kind of selfish, never really said anything positive to anybody? Mm-hmm. It was kind of like she was Satan's helper, kind of. You know, she kind of had that attitude. You yeah. ever noticed that? Yeah. And yeah. what what was the little the little black kid's name? Was it Franklin? Franklin. You ever noticed that Franklin didn't say a lot? He was, Franklin. but but when he did speak, he always quoted scriptures. Yeah, he was real wise. Mm. You know, and they were very careful not to actually let you know they were scriptures. Yes. You know, they never said it was you know Psalms thirty four one. You know what I mean? But they would always come out and have a, a you know some words of wisdom. Hmm. You know, and, you know, what I believe is that Charlie Brown kind of represented society, you know, because they had all the different kinds. They had the ones who who really weren't wanted. You know, he had the classical guy. You had the pig pen who was the dirty bum that nobody wanted to hang around, but somebody befriended him, you know. Yeah. I mean, you had all these different types. You had one of the different races. Races. You even had Peppermint Patty, who was of a different sexual orientation. You couldn't really. She dressed like a boy. She looked like a boy, you know. But she was a girl, mm. and she had the other little girl that was her her sidekick, mm. you know. But that girl actually liked Charlie Brown. Yeah. And then you know she kind of actually liked Charlie Brown. So they were both kind of like bi curious, but at the same time, you know. And it, and, it, and it just, it's funny, because when you look at it from face value, you never really pay attention to it. You say, oh, she's just a tomboy, mm. you know. And then even with that, when, when Charlie Brown would go and talk to her, she'd say, well, Chuck, you know, and so she was always like the boyish type. You know, everybody else called him Charlie Brown or Charlie, you know, and she called him Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's something about the guys would say, huh? Mm-hmm. But you know what? There's a there's a lot of movies out there. Um, I think you could see the spiritual in everything on television. There was an insurance commercial that was on, and and this particular insurance commercial, uh, there was a snake coming out of an apple tree, and he had this apple in his hand, 
and, and, and this little girl, she was playing in the uh, under the apple tree, and he asked her, he, he said, do you want this apple? Take a bite of this apple. And she said, if I bite that apple, I'll have to pay taxes. And I'm like, what in the world? Where is this coming? What kind of sense does this make? <laughs> There's a message to that. And there's also, there was another one that, there was a rainbow, um, the show with the Skittles. And, you know, <clears throat> the kids were sitting on this rainbow, and they were sitting there minding their own business. I think it was three of them. I think it was a, uh, two girls and a boy, I believe. Mm-hmm. And one of the girls asked the boy, do you think this is real? And they were sitting up on top of this rainbow, and when she asked that question, she failed. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I remember that. She failed. So, what was the message behind that? What did you get from that? Faith. That she started to doubt, and it, and it was sort of like a lack of faith in that particular rainbow. And so, you know, it, it it's funny because uh, it just in that one little bit of faith that was lacking. You know, it caused basically her whole her whole world to change. You know, because she literally fell off this rainbow. I guess presumably to her death. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You but, know, but it was just basically it was talking about having faith in tasting the rainbow. Mm-hmm. You know, but we so know if you look we, at it from a biblical standpoint. Yeah. You know, I guess we're in a we're in a sense of we're falling, and. Until we have a belief in that rainbow, you know, and that rainbow was that promise that God gave us that he would never flood the earth again. And so, you know, if you look in that same, in that context, you know, we're falling until we start to believe. Mm -hmm. And then once we stop, once we start to believe, then, you know, we're no longer falling. We're no longer going down hill, so Mm -hmm. to speak. Mm -hmm. You know, but it's interesting. I was thinking about. Uh, another cartoon, and this cartoon had some serious undertones in it, and it, it's a cartoon that comes out on our Cartoon Network. And see, I watch a lot of cartoons because my kids watch cartoons, and so I try to watch what they watch to see if it's okay for them to watch it. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and it was one cartoon called Cat Dog, and you know, it's basically a dog and a cat, and they're kind of fused together. They don't have a tail. They just have one side of the one side of the animal is a cat, and the other side of the animal is a dog, and they're fused together. And sometimes the dog would do would would have to do cat like stuff, and sometimes the cat would have to do dog like stuff because it was part dog, part cat. And you know, from the surface, it just looked like something funny. Ha ha ha! You laugh about it, but what? What I believe, and this is why I stopped my kids from watching it, they were trying to indoctrinate you into thinking that even though they're different, it's okay for them to do the things that naturally they weren't supposed to do. And so what I believe is they were starting to indoctrinate our kids into being uh, tolerant against homosexuality, Mm. you know, and tolerant against, you know, sin in, in general because... To do something that's against nature is sinful because, you know, if if it's your nature to do that and you and you go against nature, you go against God's word. And if you're going against God's word, then that means you're not obeying His word. And if you're not obeying, then that's sin, that's disobedience. Mm. You know, and so if you put it into that light, cat dog was just getting the kids to say it's okay to be different. Same thing with the movie Shark Tale. You know, when you with uh, what was his name? Uh, Lenny the Lenny the Shark. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't want he didn't want to eat meat. He didn't want to eat other animals, and he was different than the other sharks. And so they dressed him up like a porpoise. You know, and I was like, whoa, wait a minute. And then at the end, it was like, it's okay, it's okay to be different. You don't have to be what. You were growing what what people told you that you had to be when you grew up, so they basically told Lenny it was okay that he was going against his nature. Hmm. And you know, and so I watched it, you know, and I was like, whoa, 
you know. But my kids really didn't understand it. They know that he wasn't supposed to be a shark because I told them, I mean, that he was supposed to be a shark mm-hmm. and that not being a shark wasn't right because I told them, no, look, I guarantee you, you will not find a shark out there that doesn't eat meat. <laughs> you know. Right. Hey, was there any sitcoms out there that you remember growing up as a kid and, you know, getting the message of what was, was being said? Mork and Mindy. Wow. Mork and Mindy. Mork and Mindy. I told you, man, I'm, I'm dating myself, but I watched everything when I was little. Mork and Mindy was about um, Robin Williams, and I can't, I think the lady's name was Lacey or Stacey Duvall. And uh, Mork was an alien. Man, you went way back. Yeah. But see, you got to think about it. Even back then, they were indoctrinating us to believe that it was okay to be different. Because, of course, Mork was an alien from outer space. Do you think that was a setup for what's going on now? Absolutely. It's a precursor. Because what they did was they they had us believing that, okay, it's okay to be different because he's from he's an alien. He's from outer space. He's different from us. But he looks like us. You know, I mean, think about it. Mork was a young man who had a child. <laughs> he he sat on an egg. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, to have a baby. Now his baby came out as an old man. <laughs> now the old people in his on his, in his race were like children, and the young people or the, the children were like old people. You see what I mean? Yeah. And so they, what they did was they completely changed the nature and said, oh, this is an alien race. And so now what do you have? You have now, you have a generation where the kids think they're grown and the old people think they're young. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, you got the old man still going to the club with his chest hair and hanging out and, you know, showing more gray than black. And he's trying to pick up on the young girl because he thinks he still still got it. You know, when he should really just be sitting out somewhere trying to teach young men how to be real men, mm-hmm. you know. And then you have these little kids who, you know, 10, 11 years old, 12 years old, like they're gangsters and, you know, these little girls and they want to shake it and drop it like it's hot. And, you know, they don't even know what hot is yet. <laughs> what do you think What do you think the, the message, uh, do you think God is in the message with BET? You know, that's a tough one. Because, you know, granted, BET does show a lot of gospel. You know, they have a lot of gospel artists on there. And so you want to say that they do, but they send mixed signals. Because on the one hand, you have a show like, um, what's the show called? Where they show, they they call it uh, Hot Ghetto Mess. Now, I've never actually watched the show, and the only reason I know about the show is because they had such controversy over the show that some of the advertisers pulled out. What was the controversy? Well, Hot Ghetto Mess is basically a show about are you a hot ghetto mess? And they mm-hmm. have people send in their videotapes, their pictures of, you know, of folks dressed up wrong. Like, I, I, I remember just from reading about it, I said, well, i got to go see what this is, you know? Yeah. And uh, I went on the site. And they had a picture of a girl that was, you know, she was a plus-size female. She had uh, the green eyes, even though she was, you know, dark-skinned with cat eyes. You know, I ain't never seen nobody that dark with green eyes. She had on the we- had the weave, and it had two di- three different colors. And she had on a see-through top where you could see everything. So, I mean... You think she was just doing that just for the show? Um, well, think- that's the thing. You don't know because they're, all people were doing was sending in pictures of their friends or themselves. Saying, and she, I think she was like hot ghetto mess of the month. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? This is a show? But, you know, Brian, I think these kids, they look at it as entertainment. Right. You know, I mean, I, I, even I, not everything is entertainment. You I mean, you could literally create your own show. YouTube generation, 15 minutes of fame is now, you know, at everybody's fingertip. You know, when you think about it, all you got to do is create a, a a little video clip using your camcorder, upload it to YouTube, and you can literally become famous. Yeah. You know, it's like now everybody can be famous. 
But you know what? Everybody, for some reason, they don't want to hear uh, about the Lord. You know, you, you have to be crafty a little bit. Now, one thing I did, I had some CDs that I wanted a friend of mine to listen to, and I told him, I said, you know, won't you stop by and get these CDs, and what is it? I said, it's, it's some good stuff. It's some good positive stuff. He wanted to know if it was something sexual. So me being me, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. So he came by, <laughs> and I gave him four or five CDs of positive stuff I haven't heard from him since. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but he came by, he got them. But he he knew I was looking out for his best interest. And, and, you know, sometimes you have to be crafty with people, and that's what a lot of, uh, you know, the devil is is crafty. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll make you think you're getting something that's positive, and he'll twist it a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, we're having this going on in the churches right now. Uh, a lot of people think, you know, that's just something that is not that bad. This is really not that bad. You know, this is really not that bad. You could do this. A little bit of this won't hurt you. Right, right. You know, and just just we just had a representative here in the state of Florida. I saw on the news. Did you see that about the representative that was busted for the prostitution? Yeah, it was a male. Mm-hmm. I didn't read it all. I saw it. I was like, this man is married, and he has children. Three children. What in the world do you go home and tell your family? You know, I mean, and it, and I mean, even the fact that whether it's true or not. The fact that you've been accused of something like that, it's just damaging for your reputation. Yes. But the other issue was, here's this guy, and he's basically caught in a prostitution sting. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, I wasn't doing that. You know, but, you know, and I'm not, I'm not saying he's guilty or not, but, you know, it's kind of, it's real shaky when you're in a place that's frequented, by male prostitutes and the police are doing another cover sting operation you know and and according to the police report they witness you go in and out of the restroom several times so they send an undercover person in there to see if you're trying to get somebody to pick you up well you know and then they say that he offered the guy twenty dollars you know to perform a sex act Twenty dollars, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, I if you're gonna do that, and I, and by the way, this is by no means me saying it's okay to do right, it, right, right, you know. But if you're gonna do that, why would you go to a public restroom and look for somebody to do that with? When someone does something like that, if he did that, now we don't know if he did. If someone was to go out and do that. What kind of, I mean, think about this, Brian. What type of mindset does this person have as far as, you know, this is not his first time doing that. Right. (laughs) Apparently, you know. Well, not just that. What kind of message does that send to the people who put you in office? You know, and I'm not saying he's guilty, you know, but if he is guilty, what kind of message does that send to them? Because here it is, a person that, You've held in higher enough regard to basically watch over your best interests in the political realm, someone who you've trusted, who you've literally given permission to govern over you under your best interests, and then he goes and does and is involved in an unspeakable act. And I'm not saying that he has to be perfect, right? But he, but there's a standard there. That he has to uphold because not only in that particular position that he's in is a position of power, it's also a a place where he's being scrutinized and he has to know that there are other people that are looking up to him, not just in his family, but all over. And that puts a black eye on people, on other representatives. Because now the other people, you know, let's let's assume he's found guilty. The message that's sent is, can't trust your legislator. See, told you. Can't trust them. Told you. 
That's you true. know, that's true. If you just join us, you're listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. If you want to call in, the number is seven one eight five zero eight nine six zero zero. That's seven one eight five zero eight nine six zero zero. Brian, I have a caller from the eight five zero area code. Caller, are you there? Hello, caller, are you there? It's me. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Hey. Hi. Can I help you? You have a question? I'm just listening in. No, I have a question. Okay. All right. So, Brian, what 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 would you tell your kids, man, when they come home and they're studying the law and they're studying all this stuff and now all of a sudden here they are? How do you explain that? You know, uh, it, and this is just something that I do on a regular basis. I talk to my kids about just about anything and everything. You know, when school was in, I had to take my child. I take my children to school every morning, mm-hmm. and I literally have like I, I would have a whole hour with them. You know, from the time I left home because we go and pick up other kids and take them to school as well, and um, I would talk to them and we'd have conversations just for hours. You know, every day, all the way to school. You know, and, and I tell them, you know, and they're comfortable with telling me just about anything and asking me just about anything. And the same thing when I pick them up from school or when they get home from school. It's almost like they download their day and they tell me about stuff and then we discuss it. You know, I had an incident where a kid told my daughter that she couldn't be her friend anymore because she was a black person and black person were, you know, black people were dumb. And so I had to explain to my daughter that, that's something that that child learned from somebody else. It wasn't something that she came up with. And, you know, you don't necessarily have to be friends with someone who doesn't like you. You know, and I know that was your friend because my daughter was really hurt by that because she's a very trusting person. Yes. You know, and so I had to literally sit down and explain to all my children about racism. You know, my oldest, they're 10, and my youngest is 7. And so here I am having this deep, deep conversation about racism with my children. And, you know, they said, well, what about what we saw on TV? You know, well, what about the people that are white that lit with people that are black? Do the white people and the black people who are married think they're each other are stupid and dumb? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so we're having this conversation, and I'm thinking the whole time, you know, I had to explain it to them that God doesn't see color. He sees the heart. And that's how you should be. And don't let that one particular message that you heard from that person deter you from what God wants you to be like. Right, right. That's so true. I and mean, that's a hurting, you know what, that's a hurting thing. Uh, Brian, we have another caller from the 301 area code. Caller, are you there? Yes, I am. Hello, hi. hi. How are you guys doing? We're Steven? doing fine. Great. You have something you want to share with us? Um, Actually, I was just listening about the whole, you know, color thing and talking to your daughter about, this is Denisha, by the way. Um, hey, Denisha. Hey. Um, and talking to your daughter about um, just racism and things of that nature. And, and actually, I, I was going to say something totally different. I was going to talk about the, movie, about the movie Crash. but Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, once I heard that, I thought about I just had a conversation recently with a young lady um, who was making some comments just really bothering me, like uh, talking about, and she's, she's African-American female, but she was saying that she wouldn't date anybody darker than her. And I won't say who she is because I love her so much, and she'd be so hurt if I put her out there. But um, I thought dark men were, I thought we were back in. Well, now the, <laughs> the, and now the issue is I was like, you know, I was like, why would you alienate a whole group of your own people that could be potential mates for you? Like, you don't know who God has for you, and you're going to alienate yourself? I'm like, that. I'm like, I hope you realize that's as ignorant as you walking in for a job interview and someone saying, and then be it, the person who's looking to hire you say, mm, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying, because the comment was most, most dark-skinned men are unattractive, but most... I, you'd be hard pressed to find a light skin man that was unattractive, and I was just blown away. 
And then I said, you know, that's like you walking into a job interview and, and, and they say, well, yeah, I know there are some black people that are smart, but most of them are dumb, so I'm not going to hire you. I was like, that's, that's just it's such an ignorant way of thinking, and this person is extremely intelligent. And I was just disappointed because I'm like, you're, you're so smart, and yet you've allowed yourself to be completely brainwashed into believing that somehow color makes a difference in the quality of someone's beauty. And I was like, that's so unfortunate because you don't even realize that on some level you're hating yourself. Yes. You know, when you were talking about this, I thought about a movie that's getting ready to come out. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with Bratz, with the Bratz doll. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that whole thing. Well, they have a Bratz movie that's coming out real soon. And right. my daughters want to go see that movie. They've been going crazy about when is when it comes out. Will you take us? Will you take us? Will you take us? And I've been reluctant to say yes. I'm sure my wife will take them. You know, but um, I've been reluctant to say yes. I want to take them because you know because I've bought so many of these brats dolls, and I know that they have one br- one doll that's a dark skinned doll, mm-hmm. and the doll's name is Sasha. Mm-hmm. And, and it's the dark, I mean, it's the dark, dark doll, mm-hmm. you know, because they have, like, different colors. There's a Hispanic doll. There's a, you know, each, there's, like, four different shades of doll. Mm-hmm. And this one particular doll is a dark-skinned doll. But in the movie, she's pro, she's portrayed by a lighter-skinned girl. Mm-hmm. And I said, wait a minute. Oh, How come wow. they put the dark-skinned doll in there? And even on the cartoon. They don't have the dark, dark, dark doll on the cartoon. Mm-hmm. They have the lighter, you know, more neutral colored, uh, you know, lighter right. than a paper bag doll on the cartoon. Right. And I'm thinking, you know, they understand that they have to have a dark-skinned doll so that African-Americans will buy into the franchise. But they also realize they don't have to put one on TV because most uh, actresses on TV that you see, the, a large majority of them are not dark-skinned women. Right. Well, not only that they don't have to, that it's in their best interest in order to sell that movie that they right. do not. Because if <laughs> you know, because the thing is, if you if you try to buy into it, see, and it's sort of like a double-edged sword. Because if you put the really dark, dark girl on there, then they say, well, you're being stereotypical. Mm-hmm. But if, then if you don't. Then they, then you know, you have the ones like me saying, "Hey, you're not being authentic." <laughs> right. Well, and that's that's sort of why I heard you saying earlier, and I think we all tend to say, you know, God doesn't see color; God sees the heart. And I actually think it's—I actually don't think that that's accurate. I think God absolutely sees color, which is why He created us the way He did. The different—the problem is we don't teach each other to appreciate it. We say tolerate, tolerate it, as though. You know, when you're tolerating something, it's something that you'd rather do without, but you choose to say, well, I'm going to be the bigger person and accept it. When when you're talking about color, it's, it's I mean, the, the same way you don't want a, a garden full of one flower. It would be a boring garden. Right. So God created everybody in all different shades and colors, and instead of us teaching one another to appreciate it and to not just accept it or say, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, being black is cool. You know, or being dark-skinned is cool. You know, you're a pretty dark-skinned girl, or you're a pretty, you know, chocolate such-and-such. Such. You know, that instead of dealing, instead of saying, talking about it, talking about it so there's, there's an exception rule, or it's not really acceptable, but, you know, it's okay. We should say, and teaches us to embrace it, and that God does see color, and God intentionally created you to be the color that you are because he knows you're beautiful. That's right. And why, why, accept, why accept beauty from any other source but the creator because he knows your intent. He, intent. he gave you your intent, your purpose. So take on his view. That's right. God doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't make ugly things. So don't, don't accept it. That's true. You know, Denisha, have, have you noticed that some stars, when they're new and upcoming, their, their shade is one one color. And then when they start, you know, they start making movies with other people, it's like their skin color starts to change a little bit. Am I the only one saying that, or am I wrong? Oh. It, just seems, it just seems like it seems you know, like Greg, 
I, I want to comment on that because the first person that popped in my head, and and don't don't get me wrong, y'all. I love this brother. I love his movies, but I thought about Cuba Gooden Jr. Because when he first really got on the scene, he was boys in the hood. Yeah. You know, and I have not seen him do a movie with a majority of black actors since. You know, because I mean, and, and like I said, I love his movies. Well, he did do one. I don't know how successful it was. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it, it's almost like he's been typecast now where he can't do a black movie. He can't do like a brother movie. He wouldn't have been the one to be in the movie instead of, uh, okay, I can't think of that brother's name, who was in the pimp movie. Oh, Hustle Flow? Hustle and Flow. Oh, no. Oh, no. He couldn't have been in Hustle and Flow. He couldn't have pulled it off either, though. No, he couldn't have pulled it off. That, I mean, that was a good movie, you know, albeit the, the you know. The premise. Right. <laughs> the obvious undertones and everything that it had in it. It was a it was an, an excellent portrayal of how you know some people struggle through the the business and some people grow up not really understanding and really even in that movie there was much, there was a message in it from God you know and it, and, and it's funny because Greg and I always talk about you know because Greg I've heard Greg say this several times God is in everything He's in everything <laughs> He's in He's in everything somewhere. You just have to start looking for him. Yeah, absolutely. All you have to do is pay attention. You'll see it. I was listening, and this is funny because once Greg told you know, Greg, when I was talking about this, and he said that, and I was driving from, uh, where was I coming from? I was coming from a graduation. I was driving from Daytona Beach, and uh, I started listening to it. I had my CDs with me that I almost never listened to, but I figured I'm going to be riding in the car. I better grab my CDs so at least I have something to listen to. And I found my Key Sweat CD, put it in, and something said, every time he says, girl, say God. You know, every time he says, baby, say Jesus. You know, and so I started doing that, and lo and behold, it, I felt like I was singing gospel. You know, because it was that first, that first, that make it last forever. You know, and... You know, and I tell people, just try that one time. Go go listen to the old Key Sweat CD. And in all the places where he's saying, girl or baby or honey, put God, Jesus, and Holy Spirit in there. <laughs> and, and, just, and watch how just that one album ministers to you. That's true. That is true. So, Denisha, yeah. when you were growing up, the sitcoms and the things you watched on television, did you get a message from them? Did any did anything just stand out to you? The first thing that came to my mind is, is the Cosby show. <laughs> I think there were obviously plenty of messages in that show. I think the one of the most unfortunate ones that that they didn't promote but that a lot of people took away was that it was impossible. That it was a fairy tale. Mm-hmm. That it was a fairy tale to have two black professional parents and have a successful family with children whose biggest issues were you know, telling little lies and hanging out and, you know, but they were basically good children. And I think that 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 was an unfortunate part that came out of that. But, excuse me, I think overall, I'm trying to think of what shows I watched when I was a kid. You know, obviously the cartoons that I heard you guys talk about earlier on, like Mm. the Smurfs, (laughs) 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 but I never looked at it in that way until I got older. So what do you think about the Smurfs? I mean, what do you think? I do think it's strange there was only one uh, female smurf. <laughs> I do yeah. think that's quite interesting. But at the time, I didn't think about it. I just simply saw, I simply saw that one. Right, right. And I mean, have you? Did you pay attention to some of the things that Papa Smurf was saying? See, I can't this man was saying so long. <laughs> I can't. I can't recall. Yeah, yeah. What wasn't there an incident with Barney? Did something happen with Barney? Um, I didn't know that. What was that? The Teletubbies. Oh, the Teletubbies. Okay, <laughs> the Teletubbies. What, what was that about? You know, the Teletubbies was basically like these four. I don't even know what they were. They were uh, looked like, I guess, little dwarf babies or whatever you want to call them. 
Mm-hmm. And each one of them had a different color. Each one of them was like a different size. He had a tall, medium, large, and he had a little one. And so, and each one of them had like a, a crazy name, Twinkie, Binky, Inky, and Minky, or something like that. But one of the issues was that you couldn't really tell whether they were boys and girl, or girls. Mm-hmm. And one of them carried a purse. Yeah, I, I saw that. And so... They never actually said whether it was a boy or a girl, but it carried a purse. And so you really couldn't tell. And, you know, you would assume it was a boy because of the way that they would react and interact. But then this one always had a purse. Right. You know, and so that was really one of the issues they were saying. You know, you're trying to, you know, even at that age, you're trying to basically desensitize the children into saying, you know, into being tolerant of those things. Right. You know, it's almost like, you know, when you when you saw uh, Yosemite Sam shooting off his guns, and you saw him shooting at uh, at Bugs Bunny, but he never hit him. You know, or if he'd shot it, or if Elmer Fudd accidentally shot himself and didn't die, you know, that it was all right for you to be popping off guns, and everybody when they were little, we all had. Pop guns. Yeah, that's true. Well, Tanisha. I think I think I want to address that real quick. But I think that's a parental issue because, um, not just parental, but I think it's a societal issue in that we don't, specifically the church, specifically when you think about the church, because we don't deal with real issues, we deal with stuff where we're recycling the Christian message to Christians, which is just absurd. Yeah. But um, we don't deal with real issues because really. I guarantee you, if Jesus was walking the earth, he wouldn't be teaching hatred of homosexuals, That's first true. of all. Right. And so it, what bothers me is that instead of dealing with the issue and saying, no, we're going to love you and represent Christ to you in a Christian loving manner, we're not going to ever condone the behavior, but we will never shun you. It's like the woman, the prostitute that, got, that, that Jesus was like, the la- the first person cast you know cast the first stone whoever whoever's out saying cast the first stone and everybody left because you know, I'm actually Jesus- I actually think about there was a prophet who God told to marry a prostitute yeah and he uh, had I'm to saying. literally keep going to get his his prostitute wife mm-hmm. from her uh her basically exactly. her pimp exactly <laughs> you know and so if God had enough love for her to actually line her up with a prophet. Who are we to say she's no good and she's, you know, is is scum of the earth or whatever they, you know? And why would I ever want to serve your God? Like, as Christians, why would I ever want to serve your God? I don't feel like there's anything I could do about my desires. So, and and the only way that I can get something done about my desires, according to what you're telling me, is to accept Christ because then he'll help me. Why why would I want to accept Christ if I'm hated? Right. But you're telling me to come accept this God that loves me, but you are representing him and you hate me? I don't want any part of it. That's true. So, Denisha, what do you think about good times? Chat <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> time represent for uh, Cabrini. That's Green right. Time. That's right. That's why I asked. That's why I asked. <laughs> good times, I think, is a um, in and of itself is a is a constant um, oxymoron. I think it's great. I think it's it's funny, um, and I think it, it what what. I think it gave a lot of real life stuff that probably, well, I don't know how real it was, but I think as close as they could put on TV to what was happening in, in such environments. But the unfortunate part is that it is a sitcom, so it needs to be funny. So I, it, sometimes the message doesn't get across. It makes it seem that seem like living in that those conditions are okay and that there's not as much struggle as there is. Um, and it probably desensitized people to, how bad it could be, and but I mean, I, you know, I, I like good times. I, you know, you got JJ. You know, another thing that bothers me about sitcoms in general when you when you compare, I hate the whole comparison of like when it's a black sitcom and there's some buffoonery. I hate that we have to get so bent out of shape about it. Not that we should or shouldn't. I just hate that it has to be that we can't ever have a Kramer. Because, oh, my God, what are we doing? We're setting the black race back. But it's never the case with other sitcoms. And, and 
sometimes it just bothers me that we can't, as much as we want to get beyond racism, and, and I think we sometimes buy into it to a point that it stifles us. It keeps us. It keeps holding us back, so that we want to say, "No, you're black. You can't do that." And we get mad, and we say, "Well, you know, because you're black, and the white man gonna always see you as black, you can't do that." And so we sort of subconsciously buy into the mentality, and then in an attempt to do some false liberation, we tell other black people what you can't do as a because you're a minority and you can't do that, which is so unfortunate because the goal was complete freedom. That's true, right? But you know what? Florida, I mean, she worked her faith no matter what. I mean, the situation, it was the worst situation, but she worked her faith. And one thing that I really wanted to see, but I think someone said they did get out of the projects, but everything that happened, I think think if a person didn't know the Lord, I think from watching the show, that person would give up. I think a person, some people got the message, you know, no matter what I do, I can't get where I want to get. But then you had some people that said, you know what, I'm not going to settle for that. That's just going to make me try harder to to be a, a better person or to move on and to do this and to do that. But then it seems like most people that on on, on that show, I mean, the show, everybody everybody was totally different, even though they stayed in the same house. Everybody had their own little uniqueness about themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, James was his out-of-control pop or father or whatever. He was he was always out of control when, situa- when things happened. He wanted to be physical, and, and Florida would always calm him down, and she was always the calm one. And, you know, she she did the the real role. Of the, the of the family, you know, the Bible says that the the wife is like the vine, and she was really the vine in that house. Mm-hmm. You know, it showed just how much power. It showed just how much how powerful love is, and that's what she did. She had love. She showed tough love, even to her husband. She showed tough love. So you know, I I think you know it's where you are in your life. You know, I think that's how you deal with that show. Right. But, you know, James was that man that didn't have the education. He didn't have this. He didn't have that. And, you know, he was constantly beat down. I mean, when you look at that show, I, I used to get, now that I'm going to look at it, I get so frustrated when I watch him because he's taking a beating, a beating. Every single day that man took a beating. But he kept going. Sometimes he would. Sometimes you know you, you would see the weak side of him, or well, not the weak side, the part that wanted to give up. But he couldn't. He had to keep going. So that that's what I got from it. But now the Jeffersons, that's a little bit different. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> that's a little. That's a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a whole other show. Yeah, yeah. I, I think about even the show that he did after the Jeffersons, where he was a. Uh, Amen. Amen, right. Mm-hmm. You know, even that show, it kind of made it almost like it really it really shed a bad light on the church because it made the church seem like it was just a big comedy buffoonery type thing. You know, I mean, and I watched the show, but I never thought about it from that point because it was all comedy, you know. Right. Well, I'll tell you what. God is in all messages. I'm telling you, he'll, he'll, he's, he's there. All we have to do is look and pay attention. He's there. I mean, he's always showing us uh, his, his goodness, his power, his love. I mean, he, he's there. And one thing, one thing I've learned is that you don't need television to get the message. You know, when God gives you something, he'll confirm it. He'll, he will always confirm his word. Either by another person or by watching television, or you know, watching television or listening to uh, the radio or sermons or whatever or, or commercial, and, and it will hit you like, oh, okay, I understand now, I understand. But Denisha, thank you for calling in, Brian. We had a good time. I know we we didn't have a, a guest on tonight, but Monday, yes, sir. Monday night is the night. Olivia Stith, 
best-selling author is God is My Lover, Why Is My Bed So Cold. She's going to be on with all her speakers, so we, we should, have a, should have a good time. Yes, a great woman of God. Yes, yes, we're going to have fun. We're going to have fun. But until Monday at 9 p.m., thank you. <laughs>